Welcome to the episode 3 of Astra Podcast. What is life and why are we here? This is part 2. My name is Joy and I'm the messenger. In the last episode we were contemplating some answers to what is life and why are we here. Today we're going to continue contemplating the different answers to those questions, at least from my point of view. Of course my point of view has been shaped by other philosophies, which I believe are true. One of the modern characters that wrote and preached about these philosophies was Alan Watts. I'm going to be quoting some of his ideas throughout this episode. Remember to use your own discernment and free will to determine if this information resonates with you or not. You are completely free to have your own conclusions and create your own truth. At the end of the day, these are just opinions. Biological life versus true life. The definition of life is a very important one, because everywhere, since we were little kids, we were told the same story, and we believe it because it kind of makes sense. Here's a definition of life taken from Wikipedia, which is basically the same definition found in any textbook. Quote, Life is a characteristic that distinguishes physical entities that have biological processes, such as signaling and self-sustaining processes, from those that do not either because such functions have ceased, they have died, or because they never had such functions and are classified as inanimate." Unquote. We have to highlight that this article mentions that life is biological, and things that do not possess signaling and self-sustaining capabilities are inanimated. But many people will disagree with that today. Now, this classification system of what is alive and what is not, is not all that bad. It works okay for our current capacity of understanding our surroundings and our interactions with our world, but it's living out a lot. The philosopher Alan Watts tackled this belief decades ago in his books and speeches, mentioning the myth that we are being told in our schools, universities, and mainstream media, that the universe has a blind energy that doesn't have an intelligence to it. Basically, everything happens as a mechanical process, by statistical rare events. And to this, Alan Watts said, quote, These ideas don't make any sense because you cannot get an intelligent organism, such as a human being, out of an unintelligent universe. Unquote. Based on the Tao and many other ancient beliefs, everything is alive. Of course, not everything interacts at the same level that some creatures can, like humans or trees, but certainly, Everything interacts with everything else. We are all made from the same source energy. Where do you think we come from? We started as pure energy, then transform into physical elements like minerals. We literally come from rocks, stardust, water, and the consciousness. There has to be something alive in the beginning to create something else, also alive. It's not just particles colliding randomly and expecting it to create a whole sequence of DNA by chance. This would be like putting few pencils and a blank book inside of a washer machine and expect it to have a perfectly written Encyclopedia Britannica after a few thousands of years. You need something smarter than that to achieve it. So colliding particles is one part of it, but there is another side of the story. And that's the part of the story we're not being told at our schools, universities, or from our mainstream science. Consider a more physical explanation. We're all made from the same things. Electrons, protons, and neutrons. At least that's what we know so far. They compose atoms, and the atoms will make the molecules. 
In reality, atoms are mostly empty inside, and the part which is not empty is just energy. There is not matter in it, just vibrating energy. For the sake of keeping the explanation simple, let's just think about the fact that everything in the universe is probably made from the same kind of fundamental elements. How can we consider some things fundamentally alive and not others, when everything is made from the same stuff? In different arrangements, of course. But it's either everything is alive or everything is dead. And because I'm pretty sure that we are here today experiencing something that feels really alive, the answer is the first one. The rest is an illusion, just some background code of the Matrix, the game engine. Of course I get the biological point of view, but this classification system will prove obsolete very soon, especially if we base our current science in a narrow point of view, in the physical point of view. We need to realize how everything is connected, if we really want to understand our place in this universe. Look at computers today, even software alone, especially with artificial intelligence. Machines are a vivid example of a non-biological organism that could be considered alive. Some will argue that computers are just machines that execute commands given by humans or after a condition is met. And they're right, but you could also have a slave to do things you tell him or her to do. Of course, this is a terrible example, but you get the idea. A computer is just more reliable because it's hardwired and made to do a specific thing. But look at the AI. If you give AI the power to access the internet and do as it pleases, it will start making decisions and pretty soon it'll be doing interesting things that can only be explained if you compare it with a living organism. And look at the pattern. For AI to exist, something or someone had to create it in the first place. Life will always come from something alive. Life is not limited to physical reality. Life exists beyond our imagination. Does it mean that there is complex life in other planets? Entire civilizations? Even millions of years more advanced than us? I believe so. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. But that's going to be a topic for another episode. The meaning of life. Meaning of This is what Alan Watts said about life. Quote, The meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and so obvious and so simple. And yet, everybody rushes around in a great panic as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. Unquote. Sometimes all we have to do is relax, observe, listen, breathe, and be in the moment. That's why I like going to the nature so much, because I just go there, I look at the trees, and hear all these symphonies from the birds, the sound of the wind against the trees, water running on the stream. Something interesting is that even in these places where you go and relax, things don't go as planned. At some point you start feeling cold, you are in an uncomfortable position, your mind starts to wander and you remember that you have to do the laundry, or maybe you are hungry. And that's all completely normal. You don't have to control everything. Instead, just allow everything to happen. Stop swimming against the direction of the current. Instead, swim with it, and you'll get farther. When you start appreciating the simple things in life like this, you'll start to see a little bit clearer 
what this reality is about. What's the purpose of being alive? In the words of Alan Watts, quote, The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is not necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. But it is best understood by analogy with music, because music, as an art form, is essentially playful. We say, you play the piano, you don't work the piano. Why? Music differs from, say, travel. When you travel, you are trying to get somewhere. In music, though, one doesn't make the end of the composition the point of the composition. If that were so, the best conductors would be those who played fastest. And there would be composers who only wrote finales. People will go to a concert just to hear one cracking chord. Because that's the end. Same with dancing. You don't aim at a particular spot in the room because that's where you will arrive. The whole point of dancing is the dance. Unquote. It is said that playfulness is a demonstration of intelligence, like when you see dolphins playing with each other doing these complex tricks, or dogs chasing the ball. It helps them develop and get experience. But what about trees and plants in general, even rocks? Can they play? Are they intelligent? With our very limited perception, we cannot see any obvious way a tree can play, let alone a stone. Again, they have a different timing. They live in a different density, invisible to our eyes. Some of these creatures depend on its environment to do anything at all, just like flowers depend on bees to get pollinated. Stones depend on the elements to get shaped, moved, get dissolved, etc. If you hit a piece of metal, a crystal, or a rock, it will respond back with a sound, a very primitive way of interaction. But it is there. Everything around you is playing. Notice how the word play can be used in many different contexts. Just like when you go to the theater and watch a play, well, play means many different activities. One of them is to take part in, as in to experience something. And by the way, these ideas are also from Alan Watts. But to me, they totally make sense. When you go to the theater and watch a play, you know that the ones on the stage are characters, but you actually want to forget about that and believe for a split second that they are real and their story is also real, so you can immerse yourself into that story and feel something. This is also true for movies or series, books and stories and so on. And you know why you love that? Because your core is made to experience life. You like the dynamic of it. You laugh when something goes wrong, because now there is a lot more to do and learn. You feel new things. When things go wrong in a movie, it's the perfect excuse to stick around to see how they get solved. If nothing goes wrong, there's no point, there's no dynamic, it gets boring really quickly. The same happens if everything goes wrong all the time. Again, we need the black and white, the yin and yang. One depends on the other. And who cares if we are living in a simulation and if all of this is not real, or if it is real? It doesn't really matter. What really matters is the time you spend with your loved ones, or when you take a deep breath and say thank you universe, or God, or whoever or whatever you believe in. Those moments in the here and now are undeniably real.
Today I'll recommend two sources of information. The first one is Alan Watts. Alan Watts had a lot to say. He wrote a lot of books and he did a lot of speeches back in the 40s and 50s. You'll find his recordings widely spread on YouTube and other websites. He mainly brought Chinese and Indian philosophies to the Western world. I highly recommend it. The second source of information I'll recommend today is the movie called Free Guy. It's a fairly recent movie from 2021 where the main character is made by Ryan Reynolds. It's a fun movie to watch, but it has a lot of philosophy in it. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about free will, faith, and decisions. If you don't want to miss any of that, subscribe to our podcast and rate it. Or even go to astrapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. If you want to contact us for any queries, participate in the community, or know more information about this show, again, visit astrapodcast.com. All the field recordings were made by me, specifically for this podcast, and the music was licensed through artlist.io. Thank you for listening, and thank you for existing.